This is News Talk on the VOCM Bigland FM radio network. The views and opinions on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your News Talk host, Linda Swain. Well, good afternoon, everyone. I trust you're having a great day. Well, Claudette, did you watch Family Feud last night? I saw the clips. Oh, yeah. what a hoot. I and can the, only imagine. The day before was a hoot because the Wood, Woodman family was there. They, they were the defending right. champions last night from Dunville in Placentia Bay. And OMG, those women have more energy <laughs> i know oh and foolish <laughs> and and when she kept hitting the counter with her arm you know as she was saying a certain word that anyway you guys have it up on your news site but i was just dying laughing reading it oh too. my uh, and that's just that's just one moment trust me yeah. on that that's just one moment it's perhaps one of the funnier moments but for anyone that didn't see it last night so we had the woodman family from dunville placentia bay up against the martin family of labrador a uh, wabush so we had newfoundland and labrador <laughs> represented and up against each other and in the end they were all very convivial because you know you know what it's like. Uh, and I think Jerry D was trying his best to pit them against each other and, you know, whatever. So, but uh, it got some pretty, and it wasn't, you could tell, it wasn't just the contestants on the stage who were that high energy. It looked like the whole audience was kind of <laughs> in on all of this. So, Whew, it was uh, funny. So uh, what we have here is uh, Daryl Martin, who is from Wabush, and he was up against Dallas Woodman. They were in the second place, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So there's the, the leader, and then there's the second and third and fourth and fifth. Anyway, so they were the second ones up. And here's, <laughs> here's how some of that exchange went. Name something that gets you more excited than Hanky Panky. <laughs> Exercise. <laughs> exercise. Exercise. Dallas? Gummies. What? Gummies. <laughs> Hold on, just a second. Like the candy? No. Like C CBD? CBD gummies. Yeah. That gets you more excited. Oh, yes. <laughs> when was the last time you had one of those? Last night. <laughs> Just you by yourself? No. All of you? We had a gummy party. Oh my, what does that do to you? Does it... We laugh till we can't laugh no more. And then you fall asleep. We fall asleep and then we wake up in the middle of the night laughing again. Have you ever tried one of these? No. You should try I'm not trying it. No, because I don't want it. It's legal. I know. Oh, you yeah. So there you go. Better than a concert, as they say. So is. <laughs> now, the Woodmans, that was Dallas that you could hear there talking about her uh, gummy party last night. Uh, they're moved on because they were defeated by the Martin family, and they're taking on, another, they're having another game tonight. So hopefully they'll be able to move on. They, they won the $10,000 last night. Maybe I shouldn't be giving this away. Uh, but they're the defending champions now, so uh, we'll uh, cheer on the... Martins. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to find out what's going to come out of their mouths tonight. Anyway, it was worth the watch. Perhaps one of the better shows I've 
you know, yeah. of Family Feud I've ever seen. And some of them have been pretty, pretty funny, pretty engaging. Yeah. Right. Well, it was uh, it was a hoot. I was actually howling on the couch, <laughs> howling, watching it last night. So, uh, yeah, if you didn't get a chance to see it, it's all over YouTube. <laughs> and uh, whatever happens tonight, well, why don't you tune in and see what happens? Uh, now, yesterday, uh, Claudette, you and I were talking about how it's getting darker earlier now with the change in the time and all that sort of thing and it's colder it seems colder it so it, it really really is i've noticed that every single day the past few days yeah it was freezing this morning when i got up yep freezing at lunchtime yeah <laughs> <laughs> freezing now uh so i was wondering if it was in fact unusual mm-hmm so uh, we reached out to Environment Canada meteorologist David Neal. He joins me now. Well, hello, David. Is it cold your way, too? Uh, it's certainly uh, seeing a couple of days here of, uh, of temperatures getting uh, you know, around the, the very low single digits in terms of highs. So uh, uh, certainly uh, feel, feeling, uh, feeling really the mid that mid-fall type of uh, type of air, that's for sure. For sure. Now, you said a mid-fall type of uh, air, but uh, is it unusually cold this time of year? Uh, what we've seen so far through the first week of November, um, we have seen temperatures that are in general, like, nor- like mean temperatures, which are uh, generally uh, below normal, and we are seeing that through most of Newfoundland and Labrador. A few areas on the island that are kind of closer to normal, uh, mainly across, uh, really across the south coast of the island, um, e- even getting into uh, much of the southern Avalon Peninsula, but uh, anywhere else uh, on uh, in Newfoundland and Labrador, we have seen, uh, for at least for the first week of uh, November, we've seen temperatures that have been below the norm. And what's contributing to that? Um, so what we've kind of seen over the, the last, um, really the last week or so, uh, generally looking at wind directions, um, either coming off the off the continental uh, off the continent, uh, generally west northwest winds. I've also seen uh, some periods of uh, of winds that are coming more or less from from the north uh, at times. So those uh, tend to be uh, colder uh, wind directions for uh, for the province. Um, Basically, there's been uh, at times uh, an area of, uh, of high pressure that's kind of parked itself over um, over a portion of central Canada, uh, anyway, and that uh, that has kind of contributed to us being more into like a, a generally west to northwesterly flow. We have had a few days, uh, a day here or there, where we've gotten more into uh, into southerly winds and had uh, you know, a bit of, bit of a warmer day uh, here and there. But by and large, uh, through the first week of November, we have been uh, kind of below where where we would normally be in terms of temperature for this time of year and i don't know about you but it seems to me the 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 trend has been uh, towards uh, greater amounts of precipitation we had an unusually or so it seems uh, wet october uh for a good portion of the island we did have we did uh, see uh, precipitation values above normal for uh, really a lot of the island there's a couple of exceptions there across uh, there's a portion of the northeast coast that were actually a little bit drier than normal uh but yeah certainly the way the way storm the storms uh, tracked throughout uh, october many of them were uh, uh, affected newfoundland much more, more so than labrador uh, labrador actually finished uh, october being uh, quite uh, drier than normal across most of that region so uh so yeah we have seen uh, a few a few precipitation events through the month of october uh that have kind of bumped uh, precipitation totals a little bit a little bit uh, uh, above uh, above the usual for for October 
So are these trends that we're going to continue to see through the uh, late fall, early winter? Uh, now, in terms of what we're kind of looking at, uh, looking at some of our uh, climate outlook for uh, uh, for the next four-week period, um, no real indication there. Uh, I've typically looking at uh, uh, really both uh, temperatures and precipitations. The indications are that uh, temperature and precipitation be around the normal uh, for for the next four week period. Uh, but of course, uh, with these uh, with these types of outlooks, uh, if you get one you know good storm, that could uh, that could kind of throw all that uh, uh, out of whack. So uh, as it stands right now, we're we're of course uh, looking at a system that's uh, that's coming approaching the province uh, uh, today and tonight, and that's going to spread some more precipitation uh, across uh, across uh, most of. Uh, really across Newfoundland and a good portion of Labrador. So we're carrying a few warnings for parts of Labrador, uh, snowfall and winter storms. Uh, also a special weather statement for uh, for snowfall for the northern peninsula. Most of the rest of the island will see predominantly rain uh, with this event, though uh, could change to snow over a few areas uh, through the day on Thursday. So another system coming, so uh, uh, something to, uh, that, that we are keeping an eye on. Uh, they'll bring some more uh, some more kind of wet conditions and snowy conditions for for for, for parts of the province and uh, is there anything unusual happening um atmospherically because uh, i'm noticing uh, you know through various news and uh, social media feeds and the like that there seems to be an unusually wet or uh snowy um fall in many parts of the world right now um also noticing that the jet stream seems to be unusually um fast or rapid uh, across the North Atlantic. Um, what sort of things are happening there? Um, well, certainly we have seen a few uh, a few areas, uh, particularly um, looking here at the, the, the first week of, uh, of November. As I mentioned, Newfoundland and Labrador, by and large, has been colder than normal. That's really been the case through uh, much of uh, central and eastern Canada so far. Um, with that said, we actually just, uh, at least for Newfoundland and Labrador, just finished up a warmer than normal October. Uh, so it's been kind of a, a bit up and down so far uh, in, into that uh, into this part of the fall. Uh, certainly with um, uh, the, kind of a couple of the storm tracks that we've seen uh, lately is, uh, has brought uh, above normal precipitation through a good chunk of, uh, of, centra- of kind of central eastern Canada as well and, and even into parts, uh, uh, parts of the north. Uh, so, you know, we have kind of seen a bit of a, a variation of conditions really from uh, um, from October into November, but there has been a, a bit of a stretch there, particularly through Ontario and Quebec, where uh, not only, uh, you know, October was wetter than normal or above normal precipitation anyway, uh, and then uh, even the first week of uh, November, that's kind of uh, stuck around. So that's been kind of an indication of kind of where um, where the storms have been, have been tracking so far uh, through um, through a, a portion of uh, October into into November now, so uh, certainly something we're going to continue. And even the, the next one after this current one uh, does look to uh, uh, to take a track very, very kind of similar to the to the storm that we're going to see over the next couple of days. So that's going to looks like it's going to continue for the next little while anyway. And um, Doyle's Almanac uh, forecasting, I don't know (laughs) if this is in your uh, realm, but uh, forecasting uh, higher than normal precipitation for the coming winter. Anything you can uh, uh, add to that? 
Uh, well, in terms of uh, what's coming up uh, over the next little while, again, look, looking at the next four weeks, no real, uh, no real indication uh, as it stands right now for uh, for the next four-week period. In terms of looking at our, our winter, we, we do our own uh, internal winter outlook. That usually happens. That will happen uh, likely later. Uh, later in uh, in November, um, but uh, certainly um, uh, uh, we we basically kind of go storm by storm. Of course, uh, in uh, through through the winter, uh, we're no stranger to uh, uh, to getting big big um, uh, big winter storms. Uh, really throughout uh, throughout the winter, and they can bring a whole slew of uh, of different precipitation types depending on their track. So um, we always uh, we're always preparing for a busy winter. Typically, is a busy winter most uh, uh, most more often than not. So uh, we'll certainly be keeping uh, keeping tabs on things as we go through the fall and into uh, into the winter season. David Neal, really appreciate your time. Thank you. No problem. Thanks for having me. So before we get to the full-on winter, we're going to get some precipitation tomorrow. Mostly rain for big parts of the island, but other parts of the island and Labrador are in for some snowfall warnings and uh, and the like. So uh, be prepared for that. Now, I understand we have uh, some moose on the highway. Uh, there's two moose still hanging out on the Trans-Canada near the Avondale overpass. And um, that is an area where you often see moose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've passed through there before and been surprised to see them standing there on the other side, if you know what I mean. So um, uh, two moose still hanging around just west of the Avondale overpass, and it is getting dark now, so you're not going to expect to see them if they decide to make the dart. Yeah, and uh, it's a good point to mention that this is the second caller we had of the same moose. So before when we got it, it was several minutes ago, so you thought, well, maybe they're gone back in. But no, another caller said they're still just hanging around that area. All right, good to know. So if you're uh, passing through that area, either east or westbound, be aware that there have been moose sightings and they seem to be hanging out there around the area of the Avondale overpass. Keep your eyes open and your speeds down. Well, when we come back, uh, St. John's businesses paying far more than the Canadian average for patio space in the capital city. This is News Talk on VOCM. Nutrition, exercise, keeping the cold at bay. Whatever keeps you feeling great, the Wellness and Healthy Lifestyle Show on your VOCM. And before we go back to news a little closer to home, I wanted to keep people appraised of some of the... uh big international uh, news, national and international news of late. Uh, As many as 25 Canadians spending the night in safety in Cairo after being allowed out of Gaza and into Egypt. Global Affairs says the government is expecting up to 80 Canadian citizens, permanent residents and eligible family members to leave Gaza today. There was a total of more than 400 in the territory. Foreign Affairs Minister Melanie Jolie says she knows families and loved ones have been waiting anxiously to get out of Gaza and says getting all Canadians out is her department's top priority. Rafah is the only way out for foreign nationals desperate to leave Gaza, which has been under constant bombardment since the Israeli, uh, uh, since Israel, sorry, launched uh, retaliatory attacks for the October 7th incursion by Hamas that killed more than 1,400 
people. And uh, here in Canada, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says the overnight firebombings at a synagogue in Dollar des that's a suburb of Montreal, and a building housing a Jewish organization uh, right across the street, he calls them deeply disturbing. He says anti-Semitism is completely unacceptable and must always be condemned, and that his government will continue to work with Jewish communities to combat hatred. Montreal police, of course, investigating. B'nai Brith, uh, Canada's regional director, urging police to arrest those responsible for the violent act uh, targeting his community. Well, uh, that is the concern when you have events like that unfolding in the Middle East, that you're going to see uh, anger um, and hatred uh, playing out in areas outside of uh, that region. And it's uh, really a big concern to a lot of Canadians, an awful lot of Canadians. So, um what can more can be said except that uh, any form of hatred is uh, absolutely wrong. Well, last week, the Canadian Federation of Independent Business released a report showing that businesses in the capital city were being charged nearly six times as much for a patio, uh, sidewalk patio, sorry, than those in Toronto. Well, what does the local restaurant industry think about that. Richard Alexander of Restaurants Canada joins me now. Well, hello, Richard Alexander. Hello. So um, we were speaking with you this week and you were indicating that uh, bankruptcies uh, in terms of uh, restaurant owners across Canada up significantly since uh, um, pre-pandemic times and uh, really uh, restaurant owners looking for a bit of a break from government. Now we see this story from the CFIB indicating that... uh, sidewalk patio permits in Atlantic Canada, especially in St. John's, way higher than the average across uh, the, the country. So what do you make of that? Oh, I think uh, it's it's not surprising, to be honest with you. Um, you know, this, this industry has been the hardest hit of any since the pandemic. And when we got through the pandemic, operators were like, oh, this is going to be great. We'll be able to uh, get back on our feet and everything will be hunky-dory. And uh, we were hit with historic levels of inflation. And what we've been arguing to governments right across the country, but in particular in Newfoundland and Labrador, is just, you know, try not to drive the bankruptcies up even higher. And when you have uh, stats coming out like it costs uh, an average of $2,600, $2,700 to have a patio in uh, in St. John's and downtown St. John's compared to Moncton, New Brunswick, where it's 131 for, for the permit. It's it's hard for restaurateurs in, in the province to, uh, to to swallow, particularly those that are taking advantage of the, the sidewalk and trying to trying to survive and uh, and get through these record levels of inflation. I mean, I can understand, I suppose, uh, the argument could be made that, uh, you know, patio uh, permits are required because they obstruct the sidewalk and that sort of thing. But we're talking about uh, the pedestrian mall here. And really, if you're going to compete, you're going to need that. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a uh, it's a really um, it's a great idea. It does. It does work. 
I think it provides a, a great environment for not only citizens of St. John's, but uh, for tourists to, uh, you know, partake. The, the restaurant industry is an important part of not only our economy, uh, you know, generating $1.12 billion a year for Newfoundland and Labrador's economy, uh, but it's also an integral part of our, our tourism product. And, you know, if it's if half of restaurants are not making any money and uh, the city of St. John's is, you know, charging what I would call absorbent uh, prices for um, for servicing uh, citizens and uh, the tourism product, then that's not really a long-term vision of of what our city can be and what uh, what we should be providing for uh, for small businesses, particularly downtown. What are your members saying to you about this? Oh, they are just. Uh... <laughs> Well, I'll quote. I'll quote one member I talked to uh, before I did this interview. He said, uh, "You know, there's there's a, a complete lack of understanding by the city. The uh, the downtown area, uh, the, the pedestrian mall, is the lifeblood of downtown, and it's these fees are sucking sucking the restaurant industry dry." And w- They'd like to see, and we'd like to see the the, the city be more supportive of uh, of uh, small business downtown. And has Restaurants Canada made representation to the city of St. John's uh, just to let them know uh, we've, we've what been they think? Representation for uh, for many years on uh, numerous things, but um, you know this is this this report is um, you know it just shows that if it's more expensive to to open up a uh, a patio in St. John's than it is in in Toronto, uh, there's something something really amiss there, and uh, it just shows a lack of understanding, I think. Richard Alexander, I do appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much. And Richard Alexander, of course, now with uh, Restaurants Canada. What are your thoughts? Let us know. Well, um, Claudette, have you ever felt uh, compelled, I suppose, if you were reached, uh, if a scammer reached out to you to engage with them, but only to mess them around? Yeah, I think I have done that, but just didn't tape it. Well, (laughs) someone we know did just that. We're going to have a chat with him after the break. Bill Gregory, you remember Bill? Oh, he is so funny. Yeah, well, he had a little fun with a scammer. Oh, my. Okay. And he's going to tell us what went on there when we come back after the break. Because, I I mean, he he lived out, I think, what is a lot of our fantasies (laughs) when it comes to this kind of thing. So just stay tuned for that uh, when we come back after the news with uh, Noah Shepard. This is News Talk on VOCM. Stay informed and have your say on the news of the day with your VOCM. Join Linda Swain weekday afternoons from 4 to 5 p.m. for an hour of talk and discussion with decision makers and listeners like you. News Talk on your VOCM. And we are back. Well, we've all heard stories about scammers trying to part people from their hard-earned money. Well, I noticed a friend in my Facebook feed recently had a bit of fun with a scammer who had reached out to him pretending to be Ryan from Gander. Well, my former colleague, Bill Gregory, I worked with him for a number of years in Gander and also here in St. John's, uh, and you'll recognize his dulcet tones in just a moment but uh he's a bit of fun and he he's a good for a laugh and uh he knew what he was dealing with and decided to have a little bit of fun with this scammer only bill gregory could have in a way only (laughs) bill gregory could 
So I said, I've got to reach out to him. I know he's good to talk on the radio. <laughs> so uh, here we go. Well, good afternoon, Bill Gregory. Good afternoon, Linda. How are you today? Great. So uh, you and I have known each other a long time. You worked here uh, many, many years ago. Not that many, but, uh, you know, a few years. Short, shortly after the earth cooled, I think we started working together. That's right. And uh, you had uh, you have a tendency to have a bit of fun with people, but you had a bit of fun with a scammer. But in the course of this uh, process, um, we learned a little bit about their tactics. So uh, t- walk us through this. Uh, get, take, it, take us from the top. So I, I befriended this guy named Ryan in Gander, and uh, you know, I, before I accept any friend requests, I look to see if we have any mutual friends, and you know, I look at their pictures and see, okay, so this seemed, you know, somewhat legit, you know, a big whoop, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. So I, anyway, you know, I added the friend, and all of a sudden, bing, you know, message comes in, how you doing? And then when I didn't reply, you get the question mark, question mark. And then I replied, you know, hey, all's good here. Hope all is well with you. And then he starts into his, you know, his uh, pro- uh, provided text that he sends to everyone. So essentially, it was a sales pitch trying to uh, separate you from your money. How long did it take you to figure out that this was uh, not Ryan from Gander, but uh, but a scammer? Um, when he said, hello, how are you doing? You know, it's uh, it's kind of a, you know, everybody gets these uh, for the most part, either uh, Facebook or Instagram, whatever. And it's, you know, very just to the point that, hello, you know, insert name or, hey, you know, how are things, blah, 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 it's been a while. This is just, hello, how are you? And on Instagram, uh, I get a lot of, you know, hi, (laughs) and then nothing, right? And then a little while later, you get question mark, question mark, hello. So, you know, I I was just bored one evening, and I was like, eh, let's have a bit of fun. So they uh, got more than they bargained for um, by, uh, and you shared all of these this uh, back and forth over time. But uh, basically, uh, you approached them like a typical Newfoundlander would, trying to make those personal connections. Yeah, initially, and then you know, once I knew what I was, you know, I knew once I got that first message from him, "Hello, how are you doing?" I knew, okay, this is this is you know, this is a, a scammer. And then, you know, he mentions this. It's about the Canadian Professional Society Association. They're giving randomly selected people money to take care of kids, buy houses, pay rent, and maintain the standard of living. Haven't you heard of them or from them? So, you know, okay, here we go. <laughs> so then we went down the rabbit hole, and it was fun. So you had fun. It doesn't sound like they had much fun, but they were very uh, persistent and aggressive about it, weren't they? Very much so. And, you know, you, you got to have your wits about you because if you, you got to watch what you click on, too, because he sent me to the, uh, the link to the, I guess, the head guy, Agent Fred Smith, who ironically reminded me a lot of Ted Baxter from the Mary Tyler Moore Show. So that provided a whole line of uh, questioning from my end. So anyway, I, uh, you know, went down the rabbit hole with them and he, he started talking about how FedEx guaranteed four-hour delivery to Gander. So then, where I lived in Gander, that opened up, you know, a whole new uh, line of uh, fun for me, you know, reminiscing about the good old times in Gander. I asked him where he lived in Gander. He said, Gander, Newfoundland. I was like, well, I figured that much out. 
<laughs> right. So very vague answers on his part uh, and just this uh, repeated, have you done it yet? Have you done it yet? Have you clicked it on? Have you uh, reached out to the agent yet to send you to yeah. give you this money? It was just a persistent. Yeah, it, it, just nagging. Agent Fred Smith. So I, I, I haven't contacted Agent Fred Smith yet, but I, was, I didn't follow the link he sent me, but I did look agent fred smith up and you know it was a couple of pictures of fedex packages and a woman holding a certificate and another one so you really you really you know gotta do your due diligence but I, i'm gonna contact agent fred smith and, and tell him you know that I, I don't think i can get four-hour delivery with the uh, wonderful services of cape shore taxi considering fedex was not services here so uh, what would your warning be to anybody who uh, is not feeling as playful as you were at that particular time and might, uh, you know, ha uh, take a moment before they realize that this is a scam? What would some of your red flags be? What would you um, suggest? Well, you know, right off the bat, like I said, check your mutual friends, check their profile. And, uh, you know, if you, if you get a message from them right away, pretty much saying, hey, how are you doing? And doesn't reference your name or, you know, any association. But even, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're getting crafty out there and I'm viewing people's profiles and all that. Uh, you just got to be really, don't click on any links for the love of God. Because uh, that, you know, could open your computer to, to viruses and whatnot. Uh, um, a side story to that, Linda, I was uh, here one night and a, a woman showed up on my doorstep, her and her father. Apparently they were scammed, well, they were scammed by this guy who was selling uh, a Highland cow, you know, the, the fuzzy ones with the, the, the big horns. And he built her out of uh, two or three payments, down payments and registration, you know. And she, you know, he told us where uh, to come pick it up. And I, my heart went out to them. I mean, you know, uh, and so my nephew contacted him, and my nephew was, you know, going back and forth with him, and he asked, or my nephew asked him, where was he located to? Mount Pearl. I don't know if there's a, a big Highland cow farm by the glacier or, you know, uh, but I really, I really felt bad. And, you, you know, if when in doubt, just delete them you know, or block them. Right, and they're always finding new and uh, innovative ways to get at you and your cash. So uh, I guess it's just uh, wise to be extra vigilant. Yeah, and, and even uh, emails. You know, I'm just looking at my emails here now, and uh, this morning my Facebook account, apparently someone tried to log in, so I have to click on this link to uh, change my password. And, you know, the email addresses can be, if you look up in the, the sender, the email addresses can be uh, deceiving as well. It's security at facebookmail.com. So right off the bat, you know, come on. You know, and then sometimes by the look of the text, uh, which sometimes are very well done professionally, uh, you know, Facebook has different uh, security levels for contacting you about that. So I, I you know, it's uh, – and uh, my parents uh, received a call from the, the telephone company saying that they were entitled to uh, discounts on their home phone and their cell bill. And I said, you know, what, what do you have to do? And he said, nothing. What's your email address? So I gave him my email address, and, you know, I, it all looked very legit and had uh, promotions at, you know, xprovider.ca. And uh, there was a number at the bottom. So I called the number, and uh, the number wasn't existent. So I called the actual service provider, and they said, 
it, it's a scam. So you really, really, really got to be diligent, follow up. I always enter it with the, hmm, you know, that, that sense. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I know you had a bit of fun. It was just your devilment that got you going there. But you've done a, a great public service, I think, as well in sharing all of that. So, uh, Bill, thank you very much. No problem. And it's amazing how many people I've heard from who've had similar interactions and and have just as much fun as I had. So if you're bored, you know, hey, <laughs> why not? You know, waste their time. Keep them away from, you know, taking someone else's time and money. Absolutely, Bill. Thank you. Take care, Linda. And uh, Bill Gregory, of course, uh, people may recognize his name, worked here for years. And uh, uh, I guess, you know, the reason, well, first of all, I never accept any uh, unsolicited um, Facebook friend requests, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, some people who have lived a very public um, persona and are used to getting those kinds of things. And, you know, he felt like, you know, Ryan from Gander, could it be somebody I know? So he he accepted the friend request and then immediately it started. So, um, but he took him on a little ride yeah <laughs> more than a little lot ride but it was it's pretty hilarious actually if you read down through them all and uh, we'll uh, give you a sampling of that tomorrow on vocm.com highland cows in mount pearl yeah <laughs> just imagine now oh the poor thing that that was a whole other yeah. uh, scenario that played out and of course bill now is involved in farming so that's why someone came to him which is, makes sense to yes. go to him yeah yeah but uh, he it had is. nothing to do with it and uh, oh my goodness great what a what an ordeal that uh, young family went through. Um, so yeah, just always be vigilant. I mean, Bill knew what he was dealing with right from the get go, but don't don't be at it. You know, just uh, ignore it. Uh, nobody uh, out of the blue wants to be your friend <laughs> unless you are sure you know who it is. So yeah just be aware of that stuff they're trying to get at you in every way shape possible what i find and never click a link well yeah and but it's so easy to say that but when it comes to seniors like i've had conversations with seniors in my life i mean these ads are are, as you know targeted to you and your likes and stuff so they're going to be even extra enticing when you know so if you think something is on sale or something that you've always been looking for it's so easy to just click that link but yes always think twice before you do it because it's so important. Yeah, just think about it for a minute. What? What? What, yeah. what? what is this Do about? Do I need to click on this? Why not go, you know, the old-fashioned way through the internet to yeah. to find it? The old-fashioned way. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm just a cantankerous person, but um, uh, I just never. Like, yeah, even if, and, uh, you know, I've never yet had someone come back to me and say, how come you never got back to me? <laughs> right? Right. It's never happened. <laughs> so, yeah, I always ignore everything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't ignore the break, Linda. I'm not going to ignore the break. We're up to break time. But when we come back, well, uh, you heard the... Um, Tom Osborne talk about these uh, seniors or, or sorry centers for excellence excellence in aging well Hilda Whalen's got something to say about that we'll hear from her after the break weekday mornings from 5 30 to 9 jumpstart your day with Jerry Lynn Mackey and Ben Murphy newsmakers traffic weather and more during your VOCM morning show and we're back well as you heard yesterday the provincial government is establishing what it calls centers of excellence in aging places that will specialize in geriatric health care in the coming years more 
More than 90 beds will be created at the new St. Clair's Mercy Hospital for acute care of the elderly, or ACE units, as well as rehabilitative and restorative care. Seniors Friendly Services will also be established along with Seniors Friendly Emergency Care at the existing St. Clair's Mercy Hospital, the new Western Memorial Regional Hospital, and the new Emergency Department at the Health Sciences Centre. Planning is also way underway for a Centre of Excellence in Central as well as programming in Labrador. Whitburn Mayor Hilda Whalen has been closely watching how health care is delivered in her area, especially in light of persistent closures of their local ER. She joins me now. Good afternoon, Hilda. Good afternoon, Linda. So, um, Minister Osborne announced this yesterday, these uh, centers of excellence for aging, whereby uh, specialized care will be provided and training provided to uh, help uh, Newfoundlanders and Labradorians as they age and provide the appropriate level of care. Um, From what we understand so far, there's going to be um, a certain number of beds at St. Clair's Hospital here in St. John's, the new St. Clair's, I should say, um, in Cornwall. Brook. They're working on something in central Newfoundland. They're also working on something in Labrador. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Well, my thoughts is a great idea. It's great service, and it's time that it was recognized that we do have the most aging population in Canada, and especially in the rural communities. Right now, we have urgent care. Uh, it would be an excellent uh, uh, place to to leave this in place and do some geriatric training and put some specialists there in regards to seniors. I know that they keep the numbers and they monitor the communities where they're from and how many and all the urgent cares. I think they should ask what are the ages of these this population, they'll tell you that it's mostly seniors. So it makes sense if they want to include all seniors to put this geriatric service in the urgent care place once our doctors is in place. Because even if we do have doctors in our communities, two doctors in these communities, you're still going to be waiting as a senior for probably a week or so for an appointment. So this urgent care is excellent for uh, seniors to uh, uh, peel out. And if without it, uh, you're going to find that as they age, the more doctors are overworked, it's just causing the same problems that we had before. So so I, I truly believe it is a good thing. It's nice to see that it's recognized, but it has to include all the rural communities. Well, I was going to ask you because, uh, you know, there's this uh, push towards people aging at home and, uh, you know, staying out of the healthcare system uh, as long as possible. And let's be clear, unless you have some real serious concerns getting around, um, you want to be at home. So uh, if you're at home and you're in Hearts Content or Harbor Breton, uh, what does that mean? Well, it, mean, it means actually that... Uh, you're not going to get the service that you you should have with the doctors in place because even when we here in Whitburn had these doctors in place, there was still a waiting time and a waiting time because of the senior population. If you could take this amount that comes out of urgent care, if they look at these numbers and say if we could keep these 
you know, these numbers down for the doctors, then they wouldn't be so overworked or they're going to find that they're going to have to add even more doctors if they are to service the seniors in the rural communities. Will this solve the issues uh, being faced in Whitburn with the ER there? Well, the ER uh, is not back, and uh, I'm hoping eventually it will come back. Of course, I've I'm, I'm been working on that, and I know there are a lot of applications in now to physicians and surgeons uh, that are waiting for PRA, and that's a problem with uh, Memorial University. Uh, I'm working on that, too. Uh, but right now, uh, we have all we have is urgent care, and, and the people are going to Carbonair, and they're completely overwhelmed there uh, because people go there. They won't go to Pizentia. And uh, I, I think if they look at the numbers, probably in Carbonair is as much as St. John's. So the, the large community that Carbonair is servicing, it, it's, it's not right right now, right? But hopefully we're going to get some doctors coming down the stream and get them in place. But once the doctors is in place, this ur- this urgent care, now that they've set it up, it would be very easy to trans- transfer uh, the geriatric services to that, right? Of course, it wouldn't mean the beds, but the geriatric services in all other ways. Because doctors are not going to be able to keep up. Not two doctors here in Whitburn is not going to keep up. But look at the surrounding communities. I counted the communities that was at urgent care. It's for over 40. 40 communities. So if the, these amount of people are coming here to Whitburn, they're not going to keep up with two doctors? No. No, they'd need not like four or five. So, uh, And that would be great if we could get them, but that's not going to happen So for a long time. And uh, we're aging and uh, aging fast. Uh, more seniors every day. Uh, the communities are becoming senior communities uh, on a whole. So they have to, to uh, keep something in place for us or or we will be left out. Hilda Whalen, I do appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, Hilda Whalen, of course, is the mayor of Whitburn, and uh, she's been very vocal about uh, the status of the clinic in Whitburn and uh, people having to travel all the way, as you just mentioned, to Carbonier to uh, get emergency care. So uh, uh, she's uh, asking that, uh, you know, uh, some more measures be taken to uh, help seniors um, in the communities where they live. Well, um, I don't know how much driving you've done around Canada, Claudette. <laughs> Have you done much? Uh, no, maybe about a year ago we did drive from Toronto to Newfoundland, but that was once. <laughs> uh, most places you can turn right on a right light, correct? Yeah. Here you can that. turn right on a right light, provided yeah, yeah. there's nobody coming. Um I know in Quebec for many, many, many years now, you can't turn right on a right light. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, you can't turn right at all, I think. How did that work? <laughs> no, you, you can't turn right on a right light. You have to wait for a right indicator. indicator. And um, uh, the reason why I mention that is because I, I used to take a bus route, where, which would have to take this big, long turnaround kind of thing because the bus wasn't allowed to turn on a certain thing. But that's a whole different story. Anyway, 
I digress. Well, uh, they're looking at this issue in the United States. Almost every major city in the U.S. generally allows drivers to turn right at red lights, but that could be changing. A dramatic rise in automobile accidents, killing or injuring pedestrians and bicyclists has led to a myriad of policy and infrastructure changes. The debate over whether to ban right on red has sparked the most intense sentiments on both sides. Washington, D.C.'s City Council last year approved a right on red ban that takes effect in 2025 because you have to get people used to that whole idea. Uh, Chicago, San Francisco, Seattle also considering it as well. Most U.S. cities have maintained the right on red rules since the 1970s mandate from the federal government aimed at conserving energy by preventing cars from idling at stoplights. Well, that's what's happening in the U.S. Would you support a ban on right at red i can't say that i would because i'm used to doing that i like being able to do that what i would support is is perhaps something that the u.s has been doing and that is like (laughs) making u-turns legal (laughs) oh oh well that's a whole other debate of course what we've been doing here in newfoundland and labrador although to a much lesser extent than our friends in the UK, is is developing roundabouts, which really does keep traffic flowing. Yes. Um, and it's a brilliant idea. And we, you know, uh, some people would argue we should have more of them yep. in more areas. It takes us a long time to catch on to some yeah. things like that. But instead you know? of stopping and waiting for this one and that one and the, you know, all that old stuff, you know, uh, you just keep going. You keep going. Keep There's it moving. always room for improvement. I remember not liking them first because I really wasn't familiar with how it works, and now I'm a big fan of roundabouts. Yeah, yeah, they're great. And the thing that always makes me hesitate is, okay, what are they doing, right? Yeah. As opposed to what I'm doing, it's well, what are they doing? But I think once everybody gets used to it, I think it'll be much more you know efficient. I mean? yeah. yeah. But anyway, there you go. Uh, we're out of time. We'll be back tomorrow. Do join us then. Actually, no. We have a Radiothon tomorrow. Oh, we do for Kids Eat Smart. We've got a Radiothon for Kids Eat Smart. Stay tuned to that. And pledge. It's an important program. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, we'll be back on News Talk on, what's today? Thursday. Thursday, yeah. Uh, so join us then. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone.